0: Check, check, check. Welcome to the Dispatches from the Scandamaniac Podcast. We are live. I am your host, as always, Captain Rylan Johnson. Um, before we get into today's episode, I'm going to do some housekeeping. I just like to remind people that I usually post the link to Anchor, which is the platform I host this web this podcast on. But if you actually click that link and just listen in the web portal, it's really annoying. It doesn't really allow you to pause, or if you close it, it doesn't tell you to come back, and the fast-forward feature is annoying. But if you go in there, it says available on and then it lists 10 platforms, you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. So basically, I recommend people go subscribe and then you don't have to ever leave my Facebook post about the next episode. You just kind of get a notification and decide whether you want to listen to it or not. Really don't care. Um... And so, yeah, or whatever app you're listening to podcasts on presently, if you listen to podcasts, I can almost assure you that uh, this is on there. That's kind of the point of the Anchor platform is to put the podcast out on every other app. So you can just search dispatches from the Scandamaniac. Uh, Scandamaniac, for those who do not know, is the name of the boat we are presently sitting on. It was named after a Norwegian man who uh, built the boat, hence Scandamaniac Scandinavia is kind of the play on words there. A few people have not got that. They kind of thought it was just purely an end, like a animaniac thing and didn't get the Scandinavian part of it. Um, interestingly enough, uh, a few months ago, me and Jake Olson made a video where I cut a hole in the ice and then jumped in and it was minus 40. And that video like went like, yellow knife viral, and then it got, like, 50,000 views or whatever, and is slowly, like, getting passed around the internet by, like, weird little sites that pick it up or Facebook pages. And then this guy messaged me, and he's like, hey, I saw this video of you jumping in on the boat. That's my dad's old boat. And so the son of the original owner of this boat, who, like, he's 50 now because the guy who originally bought it, like, built it for retirement in the 80s, Message me and was asking some questions about you know where it ended up and it's funny because like if you were ever going to ask the history of a boat usually it'd be like a one paragraph conversation it's like yeah i have it and i'm actually like oh it's a yellow knife and he's like what and it's like oh and here's like 40 paintings of it by people and 100 photos and a podcast about the boat and he's just like wow that's a lot of information about a boat my dad sold in the 90s um yeah but the original guy who made it clearly knew what he was doing with woodworking because. uh the boat is pretty nice for those of you who have never been on it. Uh, okay, without further ado of me just rambling here, I will uh, introduce my guest today, Sky Ploughman. Welcome to the Dispatch from Scandinavia podcast. Can you do me a favor and ring the ship's bell to get us started? Oh yeah, that's that was it. a
1: healthy a healthy ring.
0: Yeah, it uh it peaked the levels there
1: perfectly.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Um, Sky, I guess the first question is uh, what do you think of the boat? It's-
1: I really love the boat. I mean, I, I do have a sailing background and I also have a real appreciation for that mid-70s wood paneling aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. this is really ticking off all my boxes. <laughs> um, not to mention things like like a ship's wheel that looks like a traditional like ship's wheel. And just the kitsch factor is just, it's killing me. I love <laughs> it. I just love it. Uh, not to mention the fact that you have a beautiful... Beautiful bowside view of Great Slave Lake, and the bay here, and other houseboats, and and all those poor schlep's in the condominiums yeah, across those, the way. Those land <laughs> Um
0: Yeah, if you like wood paneling, the the Scandamaniac is definitely for you. There is no shortage.
1: I do love love wood paneling. And it's, it's
0: it's nicer in that like you wouldn't buy this today or like. You, I don't you know... think you
1: could buy it today, in all yeah. honesty. Um, yeah, this is, this is the kind of wood paneling that they stopped making in 1978, guys. Yeah,
0: because it's actual, like, wood, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> it wood.
1: <laughs> like, literally, you know, many trees died to make this boat.
0: hmm
1: Um, yeah, so Scott, I'm
0: actually really excited to have you on the podcast. We have been, like, on the periphery of each other's lives for years in Yellowknife right? now. And I, I, like, kind of know your partner, Katie, just because lawyers in Yellowknife kind of know other lawyers. Sort of. Yeah, um... But I, and you and I have, like, we've had a few bar conversations, and, like, I think our mutual friends are, like, you know, 200, it's, like, uh, yeah, like all we, of Yellowknife. We
1: literally know all of the same people, and the only time that we actually end up talking to each other is when we are half-cut outside of the woodyard. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so, and, and this is like an, a prime example of what this podcast is all about. So last night I had my friend Taylor Syracuse on and Taylor has just been traveling for six months and like, we just needed time to like catch up. And it was like, yeah hey, oh, let's course. do a podcast and like you are this person who's been on like if i have in Yellowknife if i have a list of like people and like i'm going to make friends with them like you know targets and then it's like you're like we were i don't even know what we were complaining about tourism or something and you're like hey well let's do a podcast i'm like yep. yes that is perfect
1: it was also half cut for the record <laughs> yeah exactly keep in mind that this came up in the context of like several beers in uh it was during pride so you know, that's really all the knowledge that you need <laughs> on our our state of blood alcohol level yeah
0: um and so here we are. And perhaps I think I'd like to jump right in. Well, maybe can you give a little summary? So this is the one of the problems I find with this podcast is I just jump into conversations and then people are like, wait a minute, I have no idea who you're talking about. Uh, can you give me your snow version of who you are? And in knife yeah. terms, I Oh think. yeah, no, however I'll, you want I'll to give, describe it. I'll that. give
1: my yellow knife file. Hello, I'm Sky Plowman and <laughs> I'll be taking care of you today at the Trapline Lounge at the Explorer Hotel. Um, <laughs> can I interest you in one of the cocktails that I've made? Um, perhaps if you're a non-drinker, then you're in the wrong town. But if if you manage to bridge both of those gaps, I was also, most recently, the uh, the director and MC for Rainbow Cabaret, which uh, recently put on a sold-out fundraiser for Pride last weekend. Uh, so yes, you can generally find me on one side of a bar or another side of a bar, or um, making funny jokes into a microphone. Uh, basically I came to Yellowknife for your amusement. <laughs> that, that
0: sounds exactly right. I like that. Yeah. That was a great yellow knife bio. Thank you. Um, how did the rainbow cabaret show? Maybe we should start with that because I, I actually unfortunately did not go to it. So
1: it was fantastic. Um, I don't know if we've released official numbers yet, but like it's as far if this was a fundraiser, officially for um the rainbow coalition of Yellowknife, who puts on all sorts of fantastic programming for lgbtq is2s youth um and which is great which is great that's such a noble cause and it's so great that a small city like this has that kind of programming available um so it was a fundraiser for them preliminary numbers are somewhere around like eight grand in sales oh yeah um a lot like Fully, fully more than a third of that was from people taking, like, donating to take consensual dick pics with an inflatable penis. Yeah, I saw a, a um, lot of those. Yeah, a lot of inflatable. Uh, it I received inflatable, a lot of dick pics. There was a lot of dick pics, um, and also like buying Skittles shooters, um, which is shocking that people were like, "Okay, yeah, six Skittles, here's twenty bucks." <laughs> um, so thank you, you're very generous, Yellowknife. Yellow um i took a skittle shooter and trying to chew up six to ten skittles in one fell swoop is like really hard it is really like it's, what is a
0: skittle shooter i don't understand it's this.
1: basically like a shot glass that is full of skittles it is very there's no alcohol, there is no alcohol there's uh, no okay no no i mean like people will be like do you mean like skittle shots it's like no you don't give those away for two bucks honey. yeah that's what i thought no 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 no, no. it's literal like I guess like pill cups, (laughs) like those paper pill cups of Skittles and you should maybe you shouldn't knock them back, but I did um, and then had to spend the next five minutes stalling a conversation because I was chewing to the point of my jaw (laughs) aching Um, yeah so Rainbow Cabaret went really well and yeah, I'm I'm excited for what's next on my yippy yappy on a microphone horizon
0: I feel like that's just, like, such a prime example of fundraising is if you just pretend that you're giving someone something and it's kind of, like, comical, they're just, like, always like, yeah, sure, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I've been to so many Yellowknife fundraisers where, like, a stupid prize goes for, like, way too much money and then someone's like, donate it back! And then we, like, auction it off six times. Right. <laughs> and it's, like, that, the, like, weird, like, I, I don't know, drawing that someone did that love is like, a joke becomes the biggest thing.
1: Right. I mean, I I was speaking with a with a guest at the lounge, um, and he he won chase the ace, not the ace, but you know his his number was drawn, and he won fifteen hundred dollars, and he ended up just donating five hundred dollars back. Yeah. So you know, it's there's a there's this crazy generosity in this community, which you you definitely don't see in other places.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think part of the reason for that is, uh, there's, is a lack of kind of, or I shouldn't say lack of anonymity is probably the wrong way to frame it. There's a recognition. There is a lack of anonymity. That is be. clearly about, well, but like, if you do that, people are like, oh, that was James. Good job, James. And right. then you feel a little better and people see you do that. Whereas if you're in Toronto, it's like, who was that guy? I forgot about him already. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like-
1: <laughs> also, I mean, in Toronto, you are not making, most people are not making the kind of wage, um, so, you know, you, you could want to be generous, but you're like, <laughs> funny how generosity does not pay my wildly inflated rent.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't pay it here either. In no, North, that's so. true. Um, Okay, I'd like to talk a little bit about bartending. So I bartended for years, mostly at a university bar, Felicita's at UVic. I worked at for I don't know, six years or something. Um, I've worked at a couple other bars, but you, like been rocking the How long have you been at the Explorer now?
1: I've been at the Explorer for five ish. It'll be 5 years uninterrupted. Yeah. In as of September. That's coming up. Um, I did also do a Tentative Moonlight Summer Tour back in 2013 where I came up Um, and it was supposed to be, it was the classic Yellowknife story of, I'm just coming up for the summer, I really like it, but I gotta go back to Toronto, I can't just stay here. Yeah. Um, and then you go back to Toronto and you're like, oh, yes I can stay in Yellowknife. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, five years uninterrupted.
0: That's the people we really get, who they come, they leave, and then they're like, ah, I'm gonna go back. It's like, once you make that decision, it's like, oh yeah, we got you.
1: I know, I've, your, (laughs) your hooks are in me.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah. And I, I think bartending is this, it's a really interesting profession or job. And I think more, I wish more people would do it because I don't know, being in the hospitality and service industry just teaches you a level of patience and a level of like getting to know people that is really not available anywhere else. Um, and we were talking about a bit about this, like bartending is one of the few places where it's acceptable for someone to just come up, sit at your bar and start just like talking about their divorce and it's just like that's acceptable social behavior like
1: literally exactly (laughs) that happened to me once at this this is years ago at this little bar in burlington uh ontario and I, i had a guy who was not really a regular but i had seen him around and i watched him cry literal grown man tears yeah. Into a Bud Light. In <laughs> fact, every time I see Bud Light now, I think of grown man tears. <laughs> I'm sure that it tastes the same. I would not drink Bud Light.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A little saltier.
1: Exactly. But yeah, there's there's something amazing about how how you make these really phenomenal connections with people that are so fleeting. So fleeting. And I find myself I find myself realizing that where I start you know, spilling my guts about my life to, like, an airport bartender. <laughs> yeah. Someone that I will literally never see again.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if that is part of the appeal because I get a sense that, like, if you, like, opened up to a bartender and then you, like, saw them two days later in a different setting, you'd be like, oh, shit, like, what are they doing here, you know?
1: Honestly, <laughs> even in Yellowknife, there are people who do not recognize me outside of the context yeah. of the Trapline Lounge. So many people, especially, you know, late at night, the Woodyard or the Black Knight... And they're like, oh, you're so cool. I know you from somewhere. Do, do, do you know so-and-so? it's like, no, I was your bartender four days ago. Yeah. Um, because that's the thing. And like, you told me your life story. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But they apparently have no recollection of who I am as a human being. I'm just like, like an avatar for, for alcohol and, <laughs> and their life story.
0: Yeah, that's neat. It's like, a... well, and this kind of ties into the whole service industry in that, like, I debate whether this is a good thing or. I'd like to hear your opinion on it. It's like when you're bartending or you're serving, you like you put on a hat, like you're really much in an act, Mm -hmm. and you bartenders are almost like you know you could change them out halfway through the conversation, and a lot of people wouldn't even notice. They're just gonna like carry on spewing what they want, yeah. As long as the person there is giving them a drink, you know.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I mean it's shocking the number of times that someone will ask me for something that. They thought that they asked, like they're like, I thought I told you about my catch up, and it's like, no, that was another human being who is a man and also (laughs) five foot eleven, or like, (laughs) no, no, that was the twenty one year old who is wearing who is wearing a lot of makeup and also does not look like me at all, Um, and. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, so sometimes I can get away with sort of clapping them back. Where I will point out the fact that I look nothing like any of the other servers that they may or may not have interacted with. But I assure them that it was not me that they interacted with.
0: That's good. Um, So, do you... Well, you've been doing this for long enough now that... How do you feel about that, like, putting on a bit of a fake... Because in a lot of ways, I think the service industry does it. It's like a barrier to... Oh, yeah. It protects your, like, sanity. And, you know, I I find my favorite thing in the hospitality industry is just to kill people with kindness. Like, when they're being, like, really difficult, be like, oh, I'm sorry, like, your fish isn't that good? I'll right away. And, like, you know, make it, like, slightly apparent that you're being, like, facetious, but not enough that they can call you out.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you're definitely compartmentalizing who you actually are with who you need to be to get the job done. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong with the facetiousness. Like that's a lot of spillover from my actual (laughs) life, (laughs) but you know, you do have to, you do have to kill people with kindness. You have to be all things to all people. Like even within the course of a shift, you're putting on the bartender hat, but some people want a bartender that will chat with them for hours. Other people want a bartender that can tell them about all of the sports scores or all the politics. Other people want a bartender that knows nothing about politics. <laughs> they all want bartenders who know about sports. Um, some people want the chatty server. Others want to pretend like they're in a fine dining experience even though they're in a hotel bar in Yellowknife. Yeah. Um, and And you not only have to be you not only have to be that character to that person, but you have to be a palatable version of a character to the other two tables that have different expectations of you that are also watching that interaction with guest A. So, wow, you've thought
0: about this a lot.
1: I've had to think about this <laughs> yeah. a lot. This is where my money comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. I got to read a lot of people. <laughs> um, yeah. So, that's exhausting
0: just thinking about it. It
1: really is. And then you have to remember the fact that Table 8 needed ranch.
0: Yeah, I think this is probably why there is such a, like, get-off shift and, like, oh, big sigh of relief, I need a drink, like, mentality. Yes, like, that's absolutely. just It's like performing. It's like an exhausting experience to just be like, okay, I did that for eight hours straight. You know? Well, that's
1: the thing. You're doing it for eight hours straight on your feet while you're remembering... Like on top of all of this interpersonal stuff, you also need to remember like the ins and outs of, of, I need a calamari to start and a steak sandwich served medium rare with fries and gravy and no bun. And times that by four at a table or eight at a table or like 160 over the course of a night. Yeah. And all of these little things on the fly, you need to remember an infinite number of cocktail recipes. Um, you need to fundamentally monitor people's drinking and behavior and make sure that you're that you walk a fine line between ensuring that everybody is having a good time and ensuring that everybody is a sa- is having a safe time. You're basically like the cool mom in the room, yeah, yeah, being like, you know, I don't care if you drink as long as you boys are safe and you're doing it in the basement. <laughs>
0: Um I'd like to talk a bit about kind of this hospitality and tourism in Yellowknife as a larger scale because I think being a bartender in the Explorer gives you just like it's such an interesting clutch position into so many things that are happening and going and like the Explorer is like you know it hosts our conferences it hosts our politicians it hosts yep. like you know it's just so many people coming and going um And so I'm curious to the extent that you feel you are just like uh, a secret keeper of Yellowknife or like a knowledge holder, because I think there's this key people in Yellowknife who it's like, I actually know so much of what's going on and I get the sense you are definitely one of them.
1: Maybe. I mean, I'd I'd like to hope so. Um, I'm I'm sure my guests would like to hope so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I find myself as basically the de facto concierge of the hotel. And because it's the only hotel that would have a concierge. Yellow knife as a whole. Yeah. Um so you you really you really get a sense of more than what guests can do in this town, because I will say, like, sometimes it feels like sweet fuckle. Yeah. Um, but you do get a sense of what guests to this town, whether they be here for strictly tourism purposes. Or if they are business travelers or traveling with industry or what have you, you know, what they, what they want and what they need out of a city that for whatever reason is hosting them for, you know, three days, five days, two weeks, what have you. And you know, saying to a guest, well, how do I kill an afternoon? I already did the museum. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, do you feel like I'll walk? <laughs> do you have a rental car? <laughs> because, and the, like, that's, they're the same answer of, like, so you can get away from this downtown. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: can drive up the Ingram Trail. Would and you, yeah,
1: exactly. Like, would you like to see nature? Yeah. You don't want to see nature? I have no idea then. <laughs> Why did you come to Yellowknife? Um, I've noticed that... <laughs> The only people that go to the mall in Yellowknife are the tourists.
0: Who are then Who are, very disappointed.
1: <laughs> um, uh, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> like, anywhere on a scale from vaguely disappointed to super-duper traumatized. Yeah. I've been having a lot of conversations with people lately because they're like, well, there's nothing in that mall other than hopos," which is kind of true. Um... But not just talk, and you know, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to sell the town. So it comes out as like, well, you know, I mean, like, you know, most malls in North America are also <laughs> falling apart. I mean, like, isn't this really a statement about our consumer culture and how we would rather go to the Walmart, by the highway, or perhaps buy things online? It has nothing to do with our shitty infrastructure in Yellowknife, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like that. Um... Yeah, I think there's this thing about, like, the lack of tourism infrastructure in that people don't seem to get that it's, like, it almost doesn't matter what it is. We just need...
1: Something. M- yeah. We like, really need something. Because there's
0: towns, people go to the, like, the shoe museum. It's like, woohoo! Good. Right? That kills an afternoon. And if it's stupid and, like, you, th- everyone thinks it's a bad idea, it's like, well, tours go. And then they're like, well, that was kind of stupid, but at least I killed an afternoon. And exactly. we just, like, are lacking in...
1: Uh, Well, I think that there's a mentality. There's a mentality that there's no money in tourism, which is an awful mentality, because, you know, into in today's overpopulated planet, you know what's a renewable resource? Is people. Yeah. Um, you know, there's only so many diamonds that you can dig out of the ground, but there is a whole lot of Newly middle class Chinese people that are all very excited to spend their money in places like Yellowknife. Um, I mean, it's it ticks a lot of boxes for them, and and we as a city we kind of we kind of shut the bed because we think oh it's fine they'll go to Aurora Village they're just here for the Northern Lights anyway
0: yeah it's
1: like well what are they gonna do on a cloudy night because okay. a lot of the restaurants in town give off a very like Ugh, Tourists vibe. Um, and you know a lot of businesses aren't necessarily aren't necessarily catering to them. Nobody wants to be in the downtown core, including business owners in a lot of situations. Um, if they've got if they've got the opportunity to leave to Uptown, then they will. And I'll tell you that tourists, you know, whether they be you know wealthy Americans in the summer or wealthy Asians in the winter, um, or Scandinavians all year long. When it comes down to it, nobody wants to... Nobody wants to go to, like, the uptown strip mall suburb yeah. part of a city. Yeah. Uh, when right. I, You know, when I travel, when you travel, we're not thinking, like, oh, what's happening here on the outskirts? Yeah. Is it a TJ Maxx? <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> you know, you're not doing that. Um, so, really... You know, you, people talk about like how we need to revitalize the downtown core, and I think that one great way to do that would be to frame it, F- frame it as a tourist trap. Honestly, what's good for what's good for our guests is gonna be good for us as well.
0: Yeah, and this is uh, I I the you know we we go out of our way to support mining and forestry and whatever yep. businesses or industries. And I think we as the GNWT are just starting to figure out how to support tourism because I was talking to Rob from Cloudworks from this and he's like, look, here's, I have a business plan for a virtual reality reality room. I run these numbers and no matter what matrix I use, this Prints money. I have one for an escape room. No matter what metric I use, it prints money. I have one for, you know, there was an Aurora viewing station. And then when it's cloudy, you can like play other videos. And like, it's like that. Those businesses just, as long as you have people to run them and staff them, which is.
1: That is another conversation. (laughs) um,
0: Like, print money. And all of a sudden, we have three new tourism infrastructures, which is three afternoons, which is like solves the problem. Like, that's. Absolutely. It's not a huge gap we're looking to fill.
1: That and that's the thing. I mean, it's so easy to create entertainment. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And it also conveniently solves the problem of, you know, we as residents who are like, oh, there's nothing to do. Yeah. You know. You know, we can go to the virtual reality room, or the escape room, or the you know private karaoke bar. Yeah, should be a great idea. I, I least, exactly. Let's be serious. <laughs>
0: With- Oh, with so many like Chinese tourists coming in, it's like, bam. Exactly. It, it makes money. It just, it works.
1: Absolutely. And it's, you can do it so easily. Um, tourism is, I mean, you're, you're just entertaining people. And why shouldn't we? And we're so, we've got so, as you say, just like, so like tunnel visioned on the only way that we can make money in the north is by digging it out of the ground. Yeah. It's like, no, you know what? It's flying in. It's coming in from overhead. (laughs) (laughs) It was on a direct flight from Vancouver. (laughs) Uh,
0: I also think there's a lot to be said for the hotels and the tourism industry to go out of its way to create that. And I mean, I understand they're all struggling to run businesses and struggling to keep staff. But it's Mm -hmm. like, if you're the explorer and you have money, it's like, well, maybe you should think about how to build tourism infrastructure because the reality is it's like there's just no one else going to do it at this point. Like I am not gonna go start a business. I know that works because I can go work for the DNWT and make, you know, one twenty and call it a day. You when know?
1: that's the other thing is, you know, everybody wants to take the path of least resistance. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I mean people come to me being like, You should open your own bar. Yeah. But I don't because <laughs> you know what's so much easier than cutting my own paycheck is somebody else cutting a paycheck for me. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, I mean, all of the hotels are in this sticky situation where, like, you know, staffing and running a hotel is a very labor-intensive operation. Absolutely. Like, I will say, you know, I, I don't want to throw this all on the Explorer because, honestly, between between housing and feeding and catering for all of the guests, that, well, not all, but... We'll say 70% of the guests that come into this town. Yeah, yeah, we're busy. Yeah, and um, dealing
0: with just an insane staff turnover rate, which is yeah. the nature of, you know, the hospitality. It's the nature of this-
1: hospitality. I I will I will buffer this by saying we actually have a pretty low turnover rate at the Explorer, huh. shockingly. Yeah, I like, would not have guessed that. Shockingly. I we've got I, we've got people that have been there for like, I mean, I've been there for 5 years. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not for lack of other options. Um, you know, I'm I'm at the Explorer because I choose to be. As as with, you know, many others who work in the front of house. Um, like, don't get me wrong. Like, anything in Yellowknife, you're going to have a degree of turnover because people will get up here and be like, Ew, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: all these trees are little and all these rocks are big. I've <laughs> had <laughs> enough. <laughs> I can't go to the TJ Maxx by the highway.
0: Uh, I remember a friend who worked at the BAM Fairmont and, like, they they were like every like a hundred people a year was turnover. Like they'd show yep. up in summer, like a hundred of them, and they'd all be gone within yep. a year. it's Just like oh, for sure. keeping track of who was working there was just impossible. Yeah. you know
1: that's the thing. I mean, there's there's certainly there's certainly like turnover type positions. I uh, I emceed the Christmas party uh, for the Explorer. Yeah, yeah, and which I will, for the record, never do again. I am a little off color to be on a microphone in front of my employers um and also a bunch of folks that are on six-month work visas from overseas (laughs) who speak very little english they're in the housekeeping department they have no idea who i am they just think that i am like some loud boyish white lady (laughs) which is i mean (laughs) true a true statement um And like they've been, they've all been there for a week. And I'm like, okay, you can go out to eat if this is your, if you've been here for at least six months. And literally, like 80% of the room is just like sitting there and staring at me. I'm just like, six weeks. (laughs) Still a lot of people sitting. (laughs) Like, all right. Okay. Well, if this is not your first week of employment. (laughs) Right. So there's definitely that turnover. But your core positions, I mean, you've got, you know you've got folks in the food and beverage department who have been there for like 10 years. Yeah. And that's that says something. If you can stay at a serving job for 10 years and your employer is doing something right.
0: Yeah, that's so like that's something they should be proud of. That's very difficult Absolutely. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Nobody wants to stay anywhere for 10 years. Like, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not 1972. <laughs> you don't just, like, wait until you get your gold watch, which, for the record, I don't think you ever get in the hospitality industry. <laughs> right.
0: You do not get the government plaque with your, you know, 25 years of service.
1: Or a pension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely no pension at it. Uh, I'm just going to pause this Ooh. and make some more coffee. Yeah. So, we're back, and the the funny thing is that, like, I pause these episodes, and then I'm like, we're back, but if you're a listener, zero seconds has passed, and I also, like, forget what we were talking about, so there's just this abrupt, like, lack of flow in the episode that happens, This is where
1: you need to sell ad space. Yeah, like,
0: (laughs) I need an interlude, and I should be like, okay, and now a word from our sponsor, Weaver and DeVore.
1: Right? You could have just left me on to be (laughs) like, Weaver and DeVore for all of your outdoor (laughs) needs. Yeah. Don't buy produce there. (laughs)
0: Um, so, sorry, listeners, but that's the way this zero production value podcast goes. Uh, Sky, I think I'd kind of like to just jump into, you have a, a degree in theater, performing arts, is that, is uh, that yeah. It's a degree
1: yeah. in English and drama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we yeah. talk
0: about how extremely useful that has been in your life?
1: Oh my God. Well, I mean, it's maybe me a great bartender. <laughs> Remember yeah. how we talked about playing characters for yeah. people? That's how I did it. Um, yeah, no, I was a little drama geek all growing up. I was the kid where, you know, if you asked me at age seven, what I wanted to do with my life, the answer was, I want to be a stand-up comedian. Okay. So I've always had it in my head that I will never make money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I mean, my parents took me to musicals when I was young. That was one of the bonuses of growing up. Uh, in and around Toronto was I had access to a lot of live theater. Yeah. So it really it really begat that that love for it. And uh, yeah, when when it came time to, you know, make decisions about where to go for university, um, of course there. The, if you want to know an argument for why you should take a year off between high school and university it's so you don't go and pursue English and theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did I did partially. I had a, I had written and directed a production for my high school, and a
0: well in high school.
1: Yeah, well in high school. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I was for like a OAC, which is grade thirteen. For those of you who do not understand why Ontario had yeah, gra- thirteen, grade, don't it's, understand. What's going it's on there. it's very strange, but it also meant that I was nineteen when I graduated. So that was boozy. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, there's bonuses.
0: In BC, we all just drove to Alberta to drink.
1: Oh, I would. I w- have. <laughs> I would rather spend an extra year in high school than drive to Alberta. So there's that. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so this local theater director sees my show, and it's like, you have a lot of talent. Yeah. You know, you're really great. I was on. I was debating between theater school and going to Lakehead for outdoor recreation, um, of all things. And he was like, if you stay in the GTA, I will put up your show at my theater with an adult cast and like, you know, professional production values and you'll be credited as the assistant director. And of course the playwright, how do you feel about this? And if that was, that was an opportunity that just like blew the mind of 19 year old me that like, I was going to have a professional production go up. So that's why I picked U of T for English and drama was because uh, this guy, this guy told me this and and he did it. I mean, he was, he was was, true to his word. Did it it happen? Um, Actually, (laughs) I I will tell, I'll, I'll digress with a funny story about this. Perfect. That really leads into how I kept on going with theater. So rewind back to, I think, eight years old. Yeah. And my parents took me to see Cats when it was playing in Toronto and I was on an aisle seat and I was a fidgety eight-year-old. You probably should not take your eight-year-old to the theater just as an aside, Uh, but they did. And I loved it. I was fidgety and was like, you know, like taking off my shirt in the seat and, you know, just being a very little ADD eight-year-old, but I loved it. And at one point the cats, when they're performing a number, come down the aisle. And one of the cats, Mungo Jerry, for those of you who are aware of <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Lloyd me Webber's me. fine production of Cats or, or T.S. Eliot's poetry. Um, so Mungo Jerry comes down the aisle and he stops at me and he shakes my hand. And from that day on, I was hooked on theater. I loved it. And i I mean, Mungo Jerry shook my hand, <laughs> which is the greatest thing that could happen to a little half-dressed eight-year-old girl in the Elgin Theatre. So, you know, that goes on, I carry on, I love theatre, I write and direct this play. This director is like, I'm gonna put it on at my theatre and it's gonna be great. And, you know, we're doing rehearsals and it's great and I have all sorts of respect for this gentleman, Yo Mustafa. And it's opening night and I'm in the audience and I'm reading my program. And yeah. I get to Yo's bio. Yeah. And Yo, what we have discover in this bio, played Mungo Jerry in oh, the touring wow. production of Cats in, 19, in the early 90s. <laughs> and I looked at him and I'm just like, you did this. He's like, well, yes, I put on your show. I'm just like, no, no, no. You were Mungo Jerry. <laughs> you were the man who shook my hand. Wow, that's and, a great like, synchronicity. Literally changed my life. <laughs> So yeah, I I really anything that I've done in theater though it has made me no money. I can I can definitely I can blame yo for that.
0: Um. So you're you're in Yellowknife and you just recently did a show. Yep. I I think Yellow. So that's neat because you actually are you're a little different than a lot of Yellowknifers in that. I think a lot of us come up here and we end up in, like, I do a lot of arts and I start, like, getting into performing. But it's something I, like, did in high school and then just never touched again. Mm -hmm. I really like to describe Yellowknife as, like, a town for amateurs. It's like, hey, you want to be in a play? Oh, like, you want to be the lead? Like, yeah, sure. Like, you're willing to put the time in. Um... And, and you're kind of in the opposite situation where you now, like, come to Yellowknife and you're like, yeah, I'll do this because it's fun. But, like, you know, I've, like, put a lot of time and effort into this in Toronto. And um, I guess kind of where do you see that going forward? Like, I mean, you're going to continue to do shows?
1: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely becoming one of the resident hired guns on a microphone. Yeah. For things. There's, like, myself. There's, like, myself. There's Heidi. Uh, right. There's Lauren McGinnis, of course. Yeah. Um, and you know, your other, your other radio personalities. Um, I, I guess I'm one of the few that isn't a radio personality. Uh, maybe I should go to cabin and be like, I need to upgrade my skills. So I'm sure <laughs> they just give, give, me a give you a show. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little pretentious. <laughs> give me a show. <laughs> I'm going to talk about 90s lesbian music.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like that's like the cabin radio thing. It's right. like, you know
1: which is they were
0: doing dad rock only i'm like yeah okay Okay. i'm into this
1: (laughs) sweet sticks yes (laughs) um no i mean don't get me wrong after university you know where of course you know by virtue of it being my degree i you know stage managed and directed and wrote several shows yeah um after that i did some stand-up in toronto uh, where I realized, I mean, on one hand, I ticked it off the bucket list. You know, yeah. I got to say I was a stand up comedian. Um, I realized that I do not care for many stand up comedians and mm. I do not want to hang out with them. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, uh, it's, it's a really, I don't know, it's, it's hard. I feel like you need to have a degree of like deep sadness to be a comedian, which don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I feel like we all have that kind of ability to (laughs) hit that level of, like, deep sadness. But I don't necessarily... That's not a garden that I really want to cultivate. Yeah, that's
0: super interesting. I think that, well, it's, like, notoriously true about the stand-up comedy world. Like, just look at the suicide. Yeah,
1: exactly. They all (laughs) OD or suicide. And I was like, eh, you know, I have plans.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder to what extent that is actually the culture reinforcing it or there is some truth that if you stay in that kind of dark zone you like are better at finding the humor and things i i'm it's curious why that is so true
1: i mean that is god that is a master psychology paper (laughs) yeah yeah not a coffee in the morning podcast why why are stand-up
0: comedians all depressed
1: i mean part of it is because there's no money in stand-up comedy
0: yeah there's
1: there's that um and i mean i like i love yell and i for the fact that i can like casually like be the MC or like (laughs) you know like do comedy at the snow castle and it's always well received and it's something that i can step into and step out of and it gets to be just for the joy of doing it and not for the hustle
0: yeah, and there's like zero barrier to entry and your oh, yeah. crowd, it's like, Oh, I know half these people, so well, there's yeah, just know
1: like it's the most supportive crowd in the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. I uh Done stand up here a few times and it's just like everyone's just like, Oh, that's Ryland, cool, I'll yeah, laugh, you know. Exactly. It's people... the, they find it funny that you're doing it, so that's funny to right? begin with. You exactly.
1: Know? And I mean the the only the only problem with yellow knife is that it's sometimes it sometimes forgets that as a comedian or as an MC, like, yes, I'm talking to the crowd, but mostly I'm talking at the crowd. Like it's not, it's not supposed to be a conversation. Um, even in the dress rehearsal of rainbow cabaret, I said something like, all right, everybody now don't forget, like tip your, tip your server. This is something that's very close to my heart because you might recognize me from other bars and somebody in the crowd, like this dark room is like, I always go to your bar and I tip you really well. I'm like, well, yes but don't break the fourth wall (laughs) yeah jesus it's not about me (laughs) and it's not about you i wasn't like (laughs) i wasn't i wasn't saying like you nancy (laughs) you
0: haven't been tipping me no i saw
1: your 12 percent you think you can get away with it because it's more than 10 but no you can't i can do math (laughs) um but no it's just coming back um Yellowknife is such a supportive community for all things that I'm excited to see, you know, in, in these, you know, now that I've done a couple of years of emceeing with these burlesque troops. Yep. It'll be interesting to see where where that goes or if it goes anywhere, uh, because I think that there's a market for live performances beyond just the burlesque or cabaret style sort of thing. Um, we've, we've developed a lot of great talent and I think I think that it can stretch its wings beyond you know singing, dancing and taking your clothes off or also doing a once annual over the top Mamma Mia style musical
0: yeah this is, uh, I've had this conversation with a lot of people and I think Yellowknife is just, considering we've produced a bunch of bad reality TV we have Dead North which creates a bunch of awesome talent in itself yep. we have Burlesque like Lauren McGinnis and I have chatted. or You know, he does uh, Knife News, and it's like... Oh my God, I
1: love Knife News. Yeah,
0: and he, like, hasn't done it in a while, but it's like... Tell it's... him
1: that I will absolutely bring back Knife News if he wanted to work with me. I don't actually... Lauren is another one of those people where, like, obviously, like, we know who each other is. Yeah. I think he knows who I am. I, ho- I hope he knows who I am. Um, I clearly know who he is, because he's Lauren fucking McGinnis. But if he ever wants to do Knife News again, you tell him that... I can I can sass mouth in a blazer.
0: Yeah, like, I feel like Yellowknife is just so ready for, like, okay, Jay Pablo, like, you're producing, like, okay, we're going to get, like, the few people who have directed shows. Oh, look, we have all this other talent. Yeah. Like, bam, we, like, have a TV show that is, like, legit, like, super unique. Yeah. And th- there's enough talent here to do that. It's just, like, one of those other problems of, like, I would love to do that, but I just don't have the time to start a oh, fucking television absolutely. show and neither does Lauren McGinnis or Jay and Pablo or you, yeah. you know? Yeah, and
1: when that's the <laughs> thing. I mean, I, you know, working, especially working in hospitality in the service industry, my mm. my schedule is five to nine and yeah. frequently on the weekends. So trying to tee up with people for like a coffee, let alone a production,
0: yeah,
1: means like, taking a lot of time off of work because you know interestingly enough nobody has time to like put on a play on tuesday at 3 p.m yeah it's it's terribly frustrating but it's just the nature of it that everybody else's free time when they'd have time for those sorts of extracurricular activities if you will is my time to work because i'm the one serving extracurricular activities
0: (laughs) yeah exactly um I think Yellowknife also. I we saw like the last Ed North, that uh, did you watch Bearlord? Bearlord mm-hmm, was yeah. so good, and there's like a bunch of these films that like people are like, oh yeah, like you know we should do something with that. Um, I think that's gonna happen anytime soon, and I uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know really where I was going with this thought. Now I'm just like scheming what thought what television show I wanna create in my head.
1: I mean, <laughs> I've believe me, there's a part of me and I'm I'm out of town for a month and I'm like, oh, am I gonna be back in time for uh the film festival? Yeah. Because Northwest Tell, the last bastion of community TV. Yeah. Does that like that pitch this competition, which is how Shit I Found Diving in YK yeah. is, like, now on Northwest Talk Community TV.
0: Well, I'm Martin Rehacks doing Tub Talks. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so exciting. Martin's S- going to talk to and interview people in a bathtub and then make a, like, fanciful, weird,
1: oh my God. bizarre world. I, like, Martin is just, like, he's, like, like a creative genius.
0: I, yeah. Which
1: is, I mean, also a creative insane person, <laughs> but, like, I love him. I just, you know, like, the stuff that, like, the, the stuff that comes out of his head that, where most of us are like that's a great idea and then they take another bomb hit and like yeah, yeah. move on to the next like he actually sees those things to fruition and i mean more than the fact that he's like so creative and so brilliant in that regard just the fact that he actually has the work ethic to see it through is already leagues beyond myself if yep. i like if if i could possibly have that kind of work ethic you know, maybe I actually would have made money in theater. <laughs>
0: um, Makerspace did, like, a set design one workshop with him, and we were going to do, like, a prop building. And he was like, yeah, so I spent, like, 40 hours on this tooth for my last film, and I don't know what to do with it. Like, what kind of person is like, yeah, I'm going to make a paper mache tooth for 40 hours. For 40 for, hours. For like... 30 seconds in a Dead North film, Right. You know?
1: It's just um, hilarious. But that's why his Dead North <laughs> films are always really good. <laughs> yeah. So, there's that. No, no, he's... Yeah, he's just, he's a brilliant guy. He's um, another person that I would love to work with.
0: Yeah, and uh, Brian, what's Brian's last name, Eckersley? Yep. Yeah, uh, we've had this conversation too. In Halifax, he used to do kind of like a...
1: Oh, Vancouver, or... was it B- Somewhere in BC. Oh. I yeah, thought... yeah. Anyways, no, oh,
0: Squamish. He's yeah, he's Squamish, Squamish boy. boy. Um, he used to do like an improv show, but also it was kind of like a, like the late night version. Yeah. And I think that would be perfect for yellow and I would love to do that. He
1: and I have discussed that at length, like I, literally, literally too. every time we get into our second whiskey, which is, I mean, Brian's one of my best friends and also we're both bartenders. So, um, frequently we get into our second whiskey <laughs> where we're like, we really need to just like do this and like, Oh, we could do this sketch show and we can have this. And like, and it's funny cause I'm still sort of riding that rainbow cabaret high of like, Ooh, I made page five of the paper. <laughs> I'm a yellow knife celebrity until the next news cycle, uh, which is today, by the way. <laughs> that's why I'm here to keep my mark going. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm very I I'm really inspired to do that sort of thing right now, um, and that's the thing. There's like there's space for it, you know, whether it be something that's filmed or something that's produced live. There's a space for it, there's an audience for it, there's talent for it, it's just a matter of all of us, you know, stopping after our first whiskey and actually putting on the show instead of drinking about it until our fourth whiskey.
0: Yeah, and uh, my problem is, like, I like doing this podcast... But I put zero production value in it because I've spent hours editing, you know, Dead North films or hours just yeah. editing, you know, through three minute clips. And you're like, that was just not worth all of, you know, the time and effort. And this is like, hey, I can have you on, have a conversation, throw it on the Internet, whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas I've like really debated. I'd love to like do this as more of like a. if you ever watch the Eric Andre show. Mm-hmm. Like I'd love to do it as like this weird, just bizarre yellow knife sketch comedy show slash, like, late-night television style. It's like, oh, Sky, we're going to have you on the yeah. thing, but we're also going to, like, have two or three skits and, like, some weird shit's going to yeah. happen and, you know, Martin's going to film it all. Yeah. Like, um, but that's just such a jump in work.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, as much as we all want to have Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've thought about, like, oh, it would be really cool if I did, like... Like, a TV show that was, like, behind the bar with Sky Plowman. Yeah. Where, like, I'm your bartender, and I'm making you drinks and doing drink recipes, but also it's, like, an interview, and also it's me being funny with monologues, and, you know, I could have on, like, local politicians, and, I don't know, it'd be be a lot of fun, but it's, like, well, when do I do this? Yeah, exactly. You know, do I do this after the bar is closed? Do I do this before the bar opens? (laughs) (laughs) Am I allowed to use my bar? (laughs) Will the explorer let me just set up a camera crew in the lounge between eleven and one, once a week? Maybe they will. Yeah, I I, I
0: think you got enough pull there now that you can do that.
1: Right, I, my like YK celebrity clout is is riding high right now. <laughs> Maybe after Boulesque, which I'm also am seeing.
0: Yeah, the other nice thing about Yellowknife is I think that if you... For these, like, ideas that we all have during our second whiskey is that probably more so than anywhere else, they do become, like, reality. Like... There is such a low barrier, and so many people. who... I'm always willing to help with a project. Yeah. I don't want to lead my own because they become so much work. But like, if someone's like, "Hey, do you want to do set design?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Like, "Hey, can you upload this out?" I was like, "Yeah." Like, I will always throw my labor at whatever creative yeah. project, no questions asked.
1: And that's I mean, that's one of the most amazing things about yellow knife, and and really one of the reasons why you know why more than the fact that it's a job I like, and more than the fact that the money's good. And more than the fact that my partner's here now <laughs> is like, that's one of the reasons that I stay in Yellowknife is because you've got this like, this like huge pile of like really creative people and really supportive people. And it, it is somewhere where, as you say, like it's a, it's a town for amateurs Yeah. where like, it's the only, I think it's the only place left where you could march on in to like the yellow knifer and be like i'd like to be a journalist (laughs) and they'd say okay yeah sure (laughs) yeah 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 no there's a there's a like an spca walk run uh grab yourself a (laughs) grab yourself a tape recorder and a pen buddy and (laughs) you're you're gonna be a reporter now yeah like
0: do you want to call them? Like, yeah, sure. Go exactly. ahead. Exactly. Tales it's, from the dump. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right? It's like where I could go and be like, I'm going to be on the radio. Yeah. Hello, Ollie. <laughs> I'm here for my radio show now. And they'll be like, what broadcast experience do you have? And I'm like, none. And they'll be like, studio two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tales from the Trapline Lounge. Exactly.
1: <laughs> right? Um, it's a place where you can like start your own Aurora tour because let's be serious you have a van yeah um yeah it's it's brilliant in that regard there's so much and the possibilities are the possibilities are only like stunted by your own imagination and creative drive-
0: mm-hmm. and um, sometimes I think I like I end up doing things and you just kind of like they happen and then you like you don't step out and be like oh weird like when other people talk about that it sounds like a big deal to me like i like right now i'm being this boat and i'm running a sailboat tour business and i like take my guests out and i got my tourism operator license and it just like kind of happened and then the other day someone was like talking about tourism operators i'm like yeah that'd be neat. i'd like to do that i'm like oh wait i i am doing that that you happened are,
1: you are currently <laughs> one of the like i would say better tourism <laughs> operators in town um You know, it's, you've got a cool boat, you do sailing tours, and quite frankly, I mean, just to like bring it back to what tourism needs, it's more people with that entrepreneurial vision like yourself who are like, oh, I have this thing that people would probably enjoy, and I have both the time and desire to run it and make it happen. Hmm. So... As long as you can winterize this bad boy, then, like, you are. Oh,
0: it's, it's got a thermostat and a pellet stove. It stays warm in winter. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Either.
1: You need to come up with a winter experience i know do you have a dog team (laughs) i I sure get a dog do you have a van yeah (laughs) you can run aurora tours i I have a
0: 1985 volkswagen westphalia i'm (laughs) also
1: just as an aside i'm so jealous of that i used to always want one of those like that was like right up there with like i want to be a stand-up comedian um i guess it was also and i want to live in a van (laughs) because that's what you do when you're a stand-up comedian but yeah, no, it's super cool. It's <laughs> super cool. Does the pop top still work out? Oh,
0: yeah. It's in actually really great shape. And like, I replaced the motor at like 400,000 kilometers. Oh
1: my God. And... That, it... <laughs> it's that
0: 490 or something right now. And it's just like still ripping. It's actually this like, I've had that vehicle since I was 16. So it's nice. like my only vehicle I've ever owned. And wow. every winter like I go, I'm like, Oh, it's got gonna start, it's minus forty. Bloop, turns over. I'm like, What the hell is wrong with this thing? Just it's, will not yeah, die.
1: It's made of it's <laughs> made of that like mid-century Volkswagen magic. <laughs> truly yeah exactly
0: like the peak of german engineering there was just like everyone in the factory was just like yes we will make this work we will
1: make this go forever
0: (laughs) yeah and there's so many little design features that are just like still so satisfying like the if you get a flat tire the like bottom tire is on this little thing under the vehicle but you like pull a latch and then it like lowers down and it's like The, like, jack, like, slides in and then, like, clasps. It's just, like, everything's just, like, oh, wow, you guys would have thought about that. That's really nice.
1: You know, and (laughs) you don't see that, like, like, my Jeep, for example. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's a Jeep Liberty, which is not exactly Jeep's finest hour. Mm -hmm. Let's not Mm -hmm. kid ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, like, if I got a flat, and it's not for lack of not knowing how to change a flat tire, but I would be able to change a flat tire. I'm a little lady that's, like, five foot two. I'd... Honestly, I'd have to just, like, show some titty on the highway (laughs) and hope that somebody pulled over and, like, was physically strong enough to move the jack (laughs) to get the thing off of, like, the spare tire rack on the back. Let alone changing said tire. Yeah. Mm. It would be embarrassing, to say the least. Very, very emasculating.
0: And I feel like any new car I own, if I owned it for, like, 15 years, it would just be, like plastic falling off all over the place and oh yeah it's just um, like i'm so hard on vehicles and this like this volkswagen van's like you you hit it it kind of gets dented but it doesn't care like you know
1: it's made of good old-fashioned you know steel yeah
0: exactly there's not this plastic trim all the time that's like clasping off it's so annoying
1: oh my god i had a i did what i guess a 1999 chevy tracker like yeah. one of the little ones with like the soft top yeah, yeah. Like, the Suzuki sidekick style. I love Suzuki sidekicks. Uh, they do, honestly, there's a couple in town, and every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, maybe I'm just gonna, like, put a little note on the door being like, sell it to me. Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll give you $1,000. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, the thing was like a four-cylinder engine. Like, ran like a fucking lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to take it on a highway, you're like, please! <laughs> Let's please get don't hill. let anybody go behind me! <laughs> um, and literally, all of the door handles interior and exterior fell off at some point (laughs) all of them like i replaced them twice and i don't know if it was just like if i'm just like hard on door handles doesn't seem like something that i'm I, i wasn't really cognizant of the fact that i was you know rough getting in and out of my car but like i like busted through them. At one point... It seems like the
0: kind of thing that just shouldn't break. The, the right? door handle. Like,
1: that's, is, is that a safety thing? <laughs> like, I don't know. Ugh,
0: so many garbage vehicles out there.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Okay, maybe we can
0: just kind of... We're coming on an hour here. Wrap this up, Sky. I think maybe the last thing I would like to talk about is just... Whether you're staying in Yellowknife, what you got planned for the future. I don't know. Kind of give me where you're at with y- your relationship with Yellowknife and your future. That, my relationship, much, my relationship with quest- my
1: future. Is that
0: too much of a question? <laughs> that's such
1: a big question. <laughs> oh, <okay>. I'm terrified. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I will Sorry. say. No, okay. <laughs> um, you know what? i sometimes i just say
0: things because i don't know what to say i'm like that's a question i asked yes i know what i'm doing
1: (laughs) it's funny someone someone that i care about uh Mm -hmm. said to me when i was we were talking about this sort of thing and they said um home isn't a place which i mean you can interpret in a variety of ways so I mean, right now for me, Yellowknife is home for yeah. sure. I I love my home. I love my job. I love my friends. I love my partner and my dog and my and my two thousand two Jeep Liberty <laughs> <laughs> with door <laughs> yeah. handles with with door handles this time for now. Um, so right now, yes, it is it, it's home. Um, as far as my career goes, it's I'm very lucky with hospitality. Where you know what? If all, if the bottom fell out of all of it tomorrow, I'd be like peace. I'm going to take my money and I'm going to go tend a different bar somewhere else. I mean, that said, I could stay at the Explorer for as for as long as there's an Explorer. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll just take over the damn place. <laughs> Maybe I'll open my own bar. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, life is long. Life is long. And I mean, right now, my like my partner... My partner just is on like, you know, her first year with the GNWT as a lawyer. So, I mean, presuming that we're going to stay together, I'm, I'd like, I'd, I'd like, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll run with that assumption. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're we're sort of gonna see where where her five year plan takes her. Yeah. And then beyond that, and but then at that point, it's like, well, we will have both been here for like ten years, and I mean, by that point, I'll be like you know, the GM of the Explorer hotel and I won't want to leave my hotel. So who knows?
0: Yeah. And I think that's the, that's how yellow knife gets you is you just like, keep, you don't even realize it. Like, Oh, I'm making a little route in the theater world. Oh, I'm making a little route in my career. Oh, yeah. I have a partner. I got a dog. And and then before you know it, you're like, yeah. Oh shit. You
1: wake up one morning. <laughs> and you're like, Oh fuck, but I got a life. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know what? Like, yeah, the winters are bitching cold. But my, my house is warm, my work is warm, the pub is warm, yeah. and my car is warm. So, like, I can make do. Uh, you know, I really miss those summers that were, like, sunny all the time. <laughs> yeah, what, that that was, heart. like, like when I came here five years ago, they're like, yeah, Yellowknife's a desert. I'm like, well, it's been raining for three days, so desert this. <laughs> yeah. like, let's sort this out.
0: I've had guests on the boat, and I'm like, uh, here's how you start the stove. I know it's August, but, like, be prepared. Right? And it's like, I feel so bad. Like, they wake up, it's nine degrees in here. It's like, uh, yeah, you came up for summer, but that's over now.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. We had our three weeks of summer. <laughs> yeah. It was July, like, 6th through 27th. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And the ads, like, people, like, you know, it's sunny out, and they're just swimming in the lake, and, and then they come, and it's like, actually, you're gonna paddle in the rain for three days.
1: Right? <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that happened. Um, but you know what? Of the places I've lived and the places that I've visited, I don't know. Yellowknife is a... It's a pretty good spot to, to make a go of it, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, i think... If- I like I always if I ever do the assessment of like, oh, maybe I'll live somewhere else and to like the logistical challenges of uprooting my life here. And then even I like I couldn't replace what I have to be like, oh, I have like an arts community. I have like, you know, a really cool volunteer community. I have like um, employment opportunities like, you know. A lawyer in Yellowknife. I'm just so employable. It's like absolutely, and, like and literally, can...
1: literally. If you go within twenty feet of Tim Sire, like he's going to hire you at Lawson London. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's actually going to happen. Try to, if you want to stay out of lawyering. Try and avoid him for a little bit. Ex- exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh well, you need a job. You need a job. Oh, come here. Yeah, like I'll quit a place, and they're like, "Well, and if you ever want to come back, you can." It's like... Oh,
1: like you could quit a place by arson, and they would still ask you back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm able to travel for a month is, I mean, that's the other thing about Yellowknife is like, once you're like valuable as an employee, oh, you just then remotely
0: like, competent. You just work yourself into such a position of value that it's like,
1: oh, absolutely. Like the, the hotel will stop running without, <laughs> yeah. I am sure of it. We're going to find out because i am gone for a month, but that's the thing. It's one of the only places where I can make enough money and have enough, like, professional clout (laughs) that I can be like, peace, I'm leaving for a month or maybe more. I didn't test it, but, you know, could possibly leave for longer and I can come back and my life is still waiting for me. Like, I don't need to make that decision between working or traveling or what have you. And I mean, like, there's daily flights. If I miss the, like, bright lights in big city of Toronto, like, you know, it's it's eight hours, it's a day, but you can do it, like, you can get there.
0: And I've said this a lot of times, Toronto is a much nicer city to visit than live. Oh
1: my god, yeah, I love visiting Toronto, I like, living there? I was like, okay, I'm gonna have like, three serving jobs, and I don't know what day of the week it is, and I'm living on a $10 pitcher of beer and the avocado sandwich from Java House at Queen and Spadina. Yeah. And here I can like make all this I can make money where like I have like a career and a work-life balance and I can go and visit Toronto and be like all of these places that were inaccessible to me because I was poor. Hello bar Isabel. I'll have a $26 martini now. Yeah. Um, and you go in and you tip a server like a rock star because up here, like up here all of us, like everybody like tips pretty well. Like 25% is like you know, ah, whatever. They're a friend of mine. I give them twenty five percent. Here you go. If you go and you give a Toronto server twenty five percent, they'll like, they're gonna look at you like, is this like, are you are you sexually harassing? Me? <laughs> What's going on? Like, here? I don't understand. Is is this human trafficking? <laughs> are you trying to take me away? Um, so yeah, you get to like run around like a little rock star, which is. Super fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> to like living that life,
0: just like well, and it's yeah. It you can just completely justify the gluttony of like when you go to Vancouver or Toronto or anywhere down south and being like, I'm gonna eat really good food. Like, well, yeah, <laughs>
1: because like a steak dinner in Calgary is a cheeseburger in Yellowknife. Exactly. Knife. So like, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> These are the perverse benefits of a, a labor shortage and high cost of living. Absolutely. You can just work yourself into a position of like, you know, uh, the bargaining power is actually quite equal between labor and employers here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they're like, please stay, please.
1: Please, please. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. it's uh, It's been great. It's been great. And I've even You know what? Even if, as I say, even if the bottom fell out tomorrow and I left, I have been... So lucky for everything that Yellowknife has just like, dr- like, literally dropped in my lap. Yeah. Like, a lucrative job at a beautiful little bar and amazing friends and so many, like, you know, like creative outlets and creative people to work with and, you know, being able to, like, be on a beautiful houseboat at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> having, like, a fun, awesome podcast with you and like these are these are great experiences and yeah
0: wow on that beautiful note and getting complimented i'm gonna wrap this episode (laughs) up can you do
1: us
0: (laughs) do us a favor and ring us the ship's bell all right thank you sky blotwood for coming on the podcast